Hi guys, my name is Tassie Tellis, and if you are going to geek out, geek hard. Welcome to the 700th Geek Hard Show right here on Reality Radio 101. And now, ladies and gentlemen, right to your geeks, Andrew Young and Mr. Green. Welcome back to Geek Hard, folks, where we're still alive and well. Every now and then, I know it's kind of hard to tell, but we're still alive and well. I'm your host, Andrew Young, and with me as always, for the past 700 plus episodes, 700 official episodes on Reality Radio 101, Mr. Green. That is right. Well, not quite all 700. There have been some some mishaps along the way the mishap episodes or the reason why they're not counted is because i was like well they didn't air on reality radio 101 so we're not counting them no 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 so. uh, no no i i'm, I'm talking about the, i'm talking about the the episodes in, like this year you know where i my eye problem and oh yeah 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 you were there though in spirit so yeah no for sure well, in some way i was a, a part of the show whether it was that or you know well deaths in the family other things you know illnesses yeah. You know, those things happen. But and there yes. was one episode I wasn't here for. Actually yeah, were... two, because last remember I took last Christmas I oh, took off right. that time yes. the old man took my spot. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 So yeah. yeah, you've got a couple in there too. You got a couple in there as well. Yeah. yeah I yeah. you know what? I still can't tell you what the hell I was doing the night the old man hosted the show. It's like my memory's been wiped. It's crazy. That's you know, these things happen. They do that's, happen. That's that's the thing. You and I both know these things do happen, whether or not it happens to everyone. Yeah, maybe I was hanging out with fucking Doug. Who knows? That this is this is a possibility. Who was the well. guy who replaced me on the first episode I missed all the way back in 2010? There you go. Yes, that and hasn't since. <laughs> hasn't since. There's a reason, folks, and he knows it. All right. Anyway, that's right. I took him out <laughs> to the back behind the shed. No, I'm just kidding. He's still around. He's took out this time. gigantic cigar. Yeah, and then he made him suck his cock. That's what. <laughs> no, that is not what happened. Well, some say, like I've heard the legends. Some oh, yeah, say that's yeah. what happened. Who knows? Mm. And some say you're still standing there to this day. Who knows? Who knows? I'm just a ghost. That's it. You, you are a ghost. You are a ghost. We got a great show for you tonight on our 700th episode. Later on in the program, you're going to hear an interview I did with director Andy Armstrong and writer, producer, and star of the movie Squealer, Danielle Bergio. Uh, the two of them talking about the movie Squealer with me, which is available right now on digital and on demand. It's a thriller with kind of an exploitation kind of vibe. You'll hear more about it later on in the program. We've also got a big review coming your way. The Marvels hit theaters this week. The latest in the MCU pantheon. We'll find out what we think of it later tonight. And of course, we want to hear from you guys too. So you want to email in with either your reviews or just say, hey, or talk about, I can't believe you guys have been on for this long kind of deal. Email us at geekardshow at gmail.com. And in mere minutes, you're going to get to hear an interview we did two weeks ago with the lovely Tasia Tellis, who is one of the stars of Shorzy. This is the third in our three interviews with Shorzy cast members for this year. So rounding out the trifecta, Tassia Tellis, we got to talk with her. We had a great time. We talked about Shorzy and more. You're going to hear about it very soon. But uh, but before we go to commercial, Mr. Green, yes. what would you say is your favorite moment of the past 700 episodes, official episodes? Favorite moment of the last 700 episodes. That That narrows it right down. Only to seven hundred, 
you know, uh, thanks for that. Uh, I don't know. There's a lot. Uh, I just, re- I, okay. This is the cheap answer. I just really enjoy coming here every goddamn week to doing this show and getting to talk to the people that write into us. And, and you've enjoyed it even more since you don't have to leave your house to do it now. Oh, that is a hundred percent true. <laughs> Listen, you know what? And, and, and Yuri, thank you for the 700 episodes. Uh, obviously you are a big part of the show as well. And I'm not saying, you know, to Andrew's point, I'm not saying that I didn't enjoy coming into the studio, but you and I both have talked about this. We're kind of homebodies. We like staying at home. I, I agree. And I thank you very much for the compliment and your support for the radio station. And I know what you mean. It's it's good to do the show in your underwear. I'm telling there you. you. Go. Yuri's being a little bit more revealing. Had no yeah. idea. <laughs> Had no idea. Because he doesn't have a camera. But thank you, Yuri. Thank you so much for everything you do. This show's for you. We're going to take a commercial break. When we come back, you're going to hear our interview with Tastia Tellis and more right here. Geek card radio. Radio. One. everybody jimmy the short order cook here asking you what's better than listening to geek Hard? answer listen to geek Hard while wearing a geek Hard t-shirt and there's a place you can get them at tpublic.com slash user slash geek Hard. we got a bunch of great shirts there we got geek Hard shirts we got a mr green's tasty meat shirt hell we got a back issue bloodbath shirt for all your geek needs with your geek merch, you want to go to tpublic.com slash user slash geekart. I'm not just asking you. I'm telling you. Welcome back to Geekhard's 700th radio show, right here on Reality Radio 101. And now, back to your geeks, Andrew Young and Mr. Green. Welcome back, friends, to the 700th episode of Geekhard on RealityRadio101.com. Uh, myself and Mr. Green here. It's been a crazy journey that we hope that we bring you 700 more episodes in the next several years if Green survives. Um, as we know, I'll survive because uh, I sleep a certain way so that now I can't be killed by conventional weapons. So we'll be okay. We'll be okay in that respect. Yeah. It's, uh, somebody unless, there to ride the ride the ship at all times. I, 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 I always wonder how like how sore your feet get from hanging upside down like that. I see my feet. It's not my feet that feel weird. It's mostly my neck. The amount of blood that pools in the back of my neck. It's like every day I'm like, what the hell? Oh, but it's a small price to pay to be immortal. That's all I'm it, saying. This is fair. Yes. Yes, exactly. Oh, man. So, yeah. So, of course, if there's one thing that we've really established over the past couple of years, though, is that we love Shorzy. A great show available on Crave here in Canada and Hulu in the States. Of course, season two dropped in the States a couple, uh, actually one, two weeks ago, two weeks ago. So the past two weeks, people have been enjoying Shorzy in the States for a few weeks more. They've been enjoying Shorzy here, the second season. And, uh, somewhere in that time, we got a chance to catch up with uh, one of our favorite stars of that show, Tasha Tellis, who plays Nat on the show and uh, we got to have a fun interview that uh, before the interview M- Mr. Green had lost track of time and I had to remind him that we had an interview he <laughs> almost true. missed it he's actually very happy he didn't because we have a fun time here so let's take a listen to that interview right now welcome back to the program Tasia tell us hello hi guys hi how's hi. it going it's going it's going great going really really good how are you guys? Doing all right. Doing all right. Doing good. Uh, doing so it's a little hot here right now, surprisingly. So is it what, 15, 20 degrees? 
It is 20 degrees. Yeah. Which usually around this time of year, it's like 10, maybe less. So it's toasty. I went downstairs. The thermostat uh, said uh, 23.5 and I was just like, "Mm, this is no good. No Mm -mm. good at all. Mm -mm. But you know what is good? Season two of Shorzy. It's now available everywhere. (laughs) Crave, Hulu. This season, I like how, you know, we do a jump in time. The Bulldogs have been established. Now they got new problems. And, of course, Nat, she's got problems of her own. She's trying to raise money to mm-hmm. host the seniors' uh, playoffs tournament, the, the, se- mm-hmm. the national seniors' the national tournament. national senior, yeah, yeah. yeah and nailed it. <laughs> at the same time, she finally found a slut she wants to fuck. I mean, who knew? That they were going to introduce that into into the show so early. I'm so proud of her. <laughs> <laughs> she just she zeroed in on him and she just went for it and she 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 nailed it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, no pun intended. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah I, I remember as I was watching the scene, like you playing weak in the knees, which was great, but also very odd for Nat. She's so strong and like to see her kind of showing a softer side. That was one of the funnier moments that I had a good time kind of thinking about. I'm like, okay, like how does weaken the knees you say? I'm like, what is that? How does Nat, what does that look like for Nat? And, you know, I was trying a bunch of funny things at home. And then we just, you know, decided that this was just going to be like a moment where she was completely engrossed in Schnur. And, uh, <laughs> and yeah, she was just totally taken by him in that moment. And, and that was really funny. <laughs> it was fun. The way, the way to her heart is talking about the, the plumbing in the building. The That's... plumbing. Who knew? A tradesman gets her every time. There you go. There you go. But, uh, this year, of course, you know, uh, a lot of fun, a lot of, uh, a lot of great scenes back and forth. And I've heard you talk about, yeah. you talked about it with us before, but I've, I've heard that you go back to this is that, the show's dialogue is like a percussion, like a rhythm. And so now you yeah. guys have gotten into that rhythm. Are you now in a place where you guys can improvise off the cuff with that rhythm and you don't feel out of place? Oh, I wouldn't say that. I would say <laughs> I find myself echoing a lot of, you know, the the, the, the jokes and the one-liners on, on the show. I find that kind of weaving into my everyday talk, which is awesome, but I'm still absorbing it. And when I get to Sudbury, it definitely starts mixing into my system a lot more, you know, on the West Coast, it's just, there's like a different way of talking out here, man. <laughs> But I think that uh no going when you go back east, the place that you're in in Sudbury and in in Ontario a little bit more, so it just starts kind of coming back to me, yeah, like I remember when I first started watching season one and and I was like, I was really curious, how do you make a show about a guy we've never seen before, you know, and how do you make that work and one of the big ways to make it work was introducing characters like Nat and some of the others. And really helping populate that so that it's not just Shorzy. It's it's this whole universe around the Bulldogs, which is really expanded. And the thing, one of the things I really love about the show is how like every character, all of you get moments to shine throughout the first and second season. That must be, you know, really great as a performer coming in. Like, especially not every show does that for the entire cast. Absolutely. It's- absolutely. I mean, I think that's what makes the show so successful because you do have an opportunity to have a variety of characters from a variety of backgrounds that connect with a variety of different people. And it makes the show interesting. And it, you know, it is what Canada is. That is a reflection of our country, which is fantastic. It's really authentic. A lot of the, you know, the stories of the hockey players are real stories. You know, Dolo is a rapper (laughs) or a rap singer. As Nat would say, across the board, you have a lot of Jared uses a lot of the real stories of these people's lives and bring them in, which I find to be so great. I mean, there's so many things I love about the show. I could literally go off about about so many different things. But yeah. Yeah. The the other thing that I find interesting is that like Jared and Jacob's other show, Letter Kenny, 
There's a lot of times where the characters are put in the exact same situation as, as before. There's a lot of scenes in season two that mirror season one, but have a different mm -hmm. variation. Something else is different is happening. In, and I think the one where it really stuck out, really added a new element was this year when you guys were called before the league, Shorzy went with you. And so you yeah. guys are doing that scene, but this time with Jared in it. What was it like? Was there a lot more breaking up? Was there a lot more, you know, jokes happening? Or <laughs> did, you, or did you find that he really, as they say, set the tone, set the fucking tone? I mean, Jared always sets the tone, but the, the problem with Jared and I is we both have a tendency to giggle. We both love a good giggle. And so, and I just find him to be so hilarious. So I have a really hard time keeping composure when we're in the same space together. And especially when he's, you know, standing there embodied as Shorzy. It's just so funny. He does such an excellent job. But I think that we're going to see more of Nat and Shorzy and that bond continuing to strengthen because, you know, season one, Nat didn't really know if she was going to be able to do this. And then season two, they're doing it. And, you know, we'll see what the future holds. But I think that we're going to see a lot of Nat and Shorzy doing some cool stuff. Yeah. Yeah, I think so, too, especially since it has been just announced recently that you guys are doing a season three. So you guys mm -hmm. are going to be going back. Actually, very shortly, you guys are going to be heading back to Sudbury, correct? Yeah, we'll be there in approximately 10 days. Yeah, <laughs> I go. will be anyways. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So I'm yeah. really excited. Everybody is really, really excited for this next season. Yeah. It still amazes me that, uh, that you guys are filming the show in Sudbury at, uh, you know, it's appropriate for the season of hockey. I get that. But, like, it's got to be, like ball bustingly cold like extremely cold yes it is <laughs> and i'm don't do well with cold my friends <laughs> i just don't my i'm like you know i just don't do well in the cold but i'm starting to learn how to acclimate i've been doing cold plunges actually here in vancouver i've been going every day i've been i'm on day 27 of a 30-day challenge to do a oh cold plunge every single morning and I noticed that like this morning I got, I went in, I went into the ocean and it was very cold today. And I was like, oh my God, why did I decide to do this? Um, the, the beginning of the month was fine, but the end of the month and it's really cold now. But I, I stood there after like, cause it was a nice, sunny, crisp day. And I was like, huh, I'm getting used to this. I think Sudbury is going to be a lot easier this year. <laughs> building my tolerance to cold back up um but the cast all know each other now too you know the first season we shot it in the winter time and we were all getting to know each other for the first time and so it was hard to stand outside in the cold you know and in between our scenes like we all ran into our trailers and kind of like hid and warmed up between you know setups but then season two, we filmed in the spring. So we got to kind of hang outside, you know, enjoy each other's company a bit more. Now we're going back to the cold. But, you know, yeah. It's amazing uh, watching you just now, you know, on the video here. You have amazing muscle memory because when you did that, I actually felt cold the way you were shivering there. <laughs> I was like, oh, she's good. She's good. She's got the muscle memory down there. Oh, my God. Right? But, but you're somebody that likes to ha be at peace sort of thing. Like I know that earlier this month you went to the uh, Enfold Institute. I did. Yeah. Times there. Do you spend a lot of time at different places like that, making sure that your body's in the right spot, your mind's in the right spot? Yeah, I think like, I think it's really important as actors to have a really solid relationship to your, and as human beings for that matter, to your mental health, to your spiritual health, to your physical health. And, you know, you can't be perfect. And at times it goes sideways and you're just, you know, like I'm going to sit at home and eat pizza all week. And that's okay too, in fact, but... I quite enjoy that. But but sometimes, you know, you need to do a little bit of cleanup. And so I, I try to explore by doing these little retreat things and these little cold plunge challenges and stuff like that here and there to, to stay to stay sharp and balanced. But Green that, was happy to hear that it's it's okay to eat pizza. The pizza's yeah, well, okay too. <laughs> 
I, I just had pizza last week for the first time in like probably about four or five months. And it was like, it was super glorious. Let me tell you, I was just like, I ate it and it was just commercial, like fast food style pizza. But I was just like, this is the greatest pizza I have ever eaten. It's like, it's like What's you forget pizza? what I put on it. I typically, when I get it from this place, I just do uh cheese, pepperoni, uh, double bacon and green pepper. Mm, classic. Nice. Yeah. Setup. Yeah. 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 It's, you know, that's, I just kind of like, I always like, I like meat on my pizza, but I, like green pepper kind of freshens it up, you know, makes it feel, you know, nice and just gives you a little something extra. And who's mad at bacon? No one's, I, I don't, no one's mad. You can't be mad at bacon. <laughs> no, there, there, there is a reason there's big bacon and big bacon one. And I'm okay with that. They are my overlords and I, I bow to them. <laughs> there are people out You're there. Who can't, there are people out there who can't eat bacon, but it's not because they hate it. It's just because they can't eat bacon. And Nobody cool. hates bacon. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I'm not, I'm not trying to, you know, ostracize anybody because of, you know, a, a bacon situation. I'm just saying bacon is amazing, <laughs> yes. you know, and I feel for everyone who doesn't, who cannot eat just bacon. Just be careful with what you're saying, Groom. We don't want to have bacon gate. Okay. <laughs> no, we don't. No, butter gate was enough. We don't need butter gate was enough. I don't there was need a butter gate. Yeah. You guys was... are built against butter. No, oh, dear. no. It was actually more of a situation that uh, one of the, one of the hosts of geek card, about a decade ago, had a butter problem. We had to put them in a, you know, uh, a spa with discipline to uh, a butter uh, rehab. Care of the problem, yeah, butter <laughs> rehab. But he's okay now, right? Right, Green? Yeah, yeah. No, I'm good. I'm good. <laughs> Brutal. Um, I, I lost my train of thought there for well, a back second. Back to the topic at hand. Yeah, I, I, <laughs> butter and bacon, like really, that, I think that's that's where it all we're begins. Good. I think we're yeah, good. Yeah, yeah. It's, 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 yeah, it's, it's, it's a wrap. It's a wrap. Yeah, the only thing missing was gravy, and that's you know, but that's a whole other story. <laughs> With the the whole mindfulness thing, and, and you know, and t- like as you say, you're taking care of yourself, your body, your mind, those things, which is all super important. Is that something that you focused in on your entire life, or is this something more recent that you're just kind of like, you know, what I I think I really need to to stay with this mindset? I think, I think I was trying to do it earlier in my, like in my twenties and, you know, earlier in my thirties, you know, I think we all in some way try to eat or be healthier than previous versions of ourselves. But I think what was happening was I was focusing a lot on like the physical, a lot on like working out and, you know, pushing myself kind of athletically, which I I grew up playing soccer competitively. So like that was, you know, just what I was habituated to. And I never really spent time meditating or doing anything that was a little bit more chilled out. You know, I I was like, oh, I should really try that meditation thing. And I just didn't ever do it. (laughs) And then I started like just getting on top of it. I was like, okay, five minutes a day. I can sit still and meditate for five minutes a day. And then it grew and grew. And then I started noticing that I just started feeling better. You know, I just was like, okay, wait, I don't have to push myself athletically so much. I can find these other things that are actually really helpful and making me feel a lot more balanced. And so now I would say I, you know, have a pretty balanced uh, approach or a bunch. I have a bunch of tools, I would say now that I, I use. And I've started figuring out for the most part, when to use which tools like sometimes if i'm just chill too chill if i'm just meditating for a little too long or for the week or if i feel i need some energy then like i'll go do boxing or you know i need to get that energy up and out but um it's been a process learning how to get there yeah <laughs> yeah i'm just imagine you now like just you're you're so focused that you're so zenned out and then you're just like oh, no, you know what i need to punch something where is something I to, need punch? to punch something exactly you know and exactly. then you just got to punch something that's just what it comes down to <laughs> exactly and you got to yeah. do it and so you do it in a controlled environment and all is good that's so if more far, people so did good. that <laughs> if more people did that we'd have a much safer world <laughs> Yes. So. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh my God. Well, Tasha, you know, it's been great talking to you about the show. Uh, I have one, I, I would like your opinion on this. Mm. Do you think a podcast slash live radio show like a geek card would benefit from the hosts getting a spray tan, getting greased up, taking their tarps off and putting out a calendar? I mean, did you see the success the success rate that we had with the with the bulldogs? <laughs> Can you imagine what you guys would do? The numbers you would pull in 
if you did the same thing, I am in full support of this. Right, and I think Green would give JJ Frankie JJ a run for his money. He'd get a calendar all to himself. Oh, 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 there you go. Don't get a competition started there. <laughs> Grr. Yeah, there you go. Return of the IMAX car. Oh. Right? Oh, my God. Yes. Well, Tasha, I want to thank you for coming back on the program. Of course, uh, season two of Shorzy is available on Crave and Hulu. All episodes are available on both platforms. And uh, season three, you guys are going to be shooting again. What are you mm-hmm. most excited about with Nat? Where do you think Nat's going to be going? I think Nat is going to be going in a direction that we're going to see her get really, really, like really fierce, really competitive, really protective. We're going to see a different version of Nat in season three, which I'm really pumped about. So we can talk about that next time. But fantastic! Yeah. Nice. All right, well, thank you so much, Tasha. I hope you have yourself a great night. Thank you, guys. Great being here. Love being here. Look forward to talking talking to you guys again soon. Fantastic! Awesome. Thank you. So that was our interview with Tasha Tellis. All episodes of Shorezy Season 2 are available on Crave in Canada and Hulu in the States. So check them out. We got some emails in while that uh, interview played. Uh, Gwen Ann writes in, Hello to the geeks and the geek staff on the radio. Congrats on 700. Holy crap. That is, that is as old as the old man. Many more shows, please. I wonder, is that as old as the old man? Old man, is that is that your age? Are you 700? I'll never tell. But let me just say here. 700. If I if I was still 700, oh, the, the life I would lead, the changes I would make, you know? Yeah. You're not so yeah. spry as 700 anymore. No, no. I still, I'm still, I, you know what? Just because there's uh, smoke in the chimney doesn't mean that there's not enough fire in the fireplace. The fireplace is running pretty good. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Back at 700, that was like, oh, could have made some some life choices there. That totally different. Maybe I'd be like a a king now. Who knows? You know. But uh, Gwen, thank you for your email. I think you're all right. There you go. So the old man thinks you're all right. We do too, Gwen. Thank you for listening. We got another email in from Linda A. Who says. Had to write in again, Geeks. 700 shows is amazing. You are dedicated to your craft, which is amazing. Thanks for the entertainment and teaching us more about geekdom. The old man dude must be happy. You are catching up to his age. (laughs) It's it's funny here, Linda, when she wrote in for thanks, she put THX. And you know how originally that used to really throw me off. I was always like, why are they bringing up that, that George <laughs> Lucas film? You remember that? That used to it used to always throw me off with THX. You'd be like, "That's thanks." I'm like, "Ah, okay now, thanks." So there we go. I've been learning over 700 episodes. Definitely, it, it's, it's just taking you a little bit longer, but that's hey, it's a journey. It's a journey, exactly. It's a journey. Isn't that right, old man? You know, every journey begins with just a single step, eh? And it ends with you sitting down, going, "Oh man." My back hurts. All right. Thanks to that old man. Yeah. Uh, Linda, again, thank you for your email. We're going to take a commercial break. And when we come back, we're going to be giving our review of the Marvels. And hopefully we'll be getting in some more of your emails to read on the show as well. It's all happening right here. Geek Hard, Reality Radio 101. Remember when you used to go to the comic shop and browse through the stacks, picking up comic after comic, talking to your fellow customers and the store owner about what books you should buy? What kind of outside people daywalker nonsense are you talking about? I don't go outside. Well, thank goodness for Back Issue Bloodbath with Andrew Young and Petula Neal. Well, we talk about comics old and new. Mostly old. But sometimes new. Every Wednesday, new episodes drop at geekartshow.com or wherever you catch your pots. Check it out and have yourself a good. There's- 
Welcome back to Geek Cards 700th radio show, right here on Reality Radio 101. You know I'm coming for you. Oh, I was born in and now back to your hosts of Geek Card, Andrew Young and Mr. Green. Welcome back to Geek Card, friends, our 700th episode on Reality Radio 101, Momentous Times. In just a moment, we're going to be uh, giving our review of The Marvels, which hit theaters this week. Uh, before I do, just want to remind you folks that if you want to celebrate the 700th episode of Geek Card, there's ways you can do it. Uh, first off, you can join our Patreon, patreon.com slash geekcard. Become a Geek Cardigan. Help us out, and we'll help you out. We'll bring you some cool content. And then also, if you want to display your love of Geek Card for everyone to see, of course, you can get merch at tpublic.com slash user slash Geek Card, where we've got some great designs, and we've got the Old Man t-shirt, we got Mr. Green's Tasty Meats t-shirt, we got a lot of fun stuff there, so definitely go check it out, support your, your geeks here, and uh, yeah. Good times aplenty. Of course, also, you can check out past interviews that we've done in video form at youtube.com slash geekhardshow. And, uh, hell, we still want to hear from you tonight. Email us at geekhardshow at gmail.com. Give us your thoughts on the Marvels. Give us your thoughts on Geekhard 700. Give us your thoughts on the 700 Club. Don't do that. I don't want to hear about the 700 Club. <laughs> Definitely no, not. definitely not. I just wanted to see if Mr. Green was listening, and that yeah, definitely yeah. put the fear of God in him. All right, so there you go. In more ways than one. <laughs> oh, but no, we're here to talk about the Marvels, directed by Nia DaCosta, written by DaCosta, Megan McDonald, and Alicia Karasik. Based on the Marvel Comics characters created by Roy Thomas, Gene Colan, Santa Amanat, G. Willow Wilson, Adrian Alfona, Jamie McKelvey, Roger Stern, and John Romita Jr. Produced by Marvel Studios and distributed by Walt Disney Pictures. Here to read the synopsis is our good friend, who apparently is old, much older than 700, the old man. That's right. All right, here we go. Yeah, you know, like the Marvels, eh? That's... It's like a lot of Marvel. There's more than one Marvel, right? Yeah, it's plural. S. Marvels. Plural. It's like it's like. So the first one was Captain Marvel, and this one is Marvel. So that's kind of like like Alien and Aliens, right? It's exactly the same thing. There we go. Or there's aliens in it though too, right? So there, there, there is. Yeah, yeah. So I'm finding so many similarities, and you know, now that uh, now that they got the Fox Library, they could always do Marvels versus Aliens. Just think about that, eh? Think about that. All Marvels right. versus Aliens versus Predator. Hopefully it's better. Versus Indiana Jones. No. Versus Anakin Skywalker. <laughs> That's the next movie right there. Marvels <laughs> versus Aliens versus Predator versus Indiana Jones versus Luke, Luke uh, Anakin Skywalker. Yeah. Okay, okay. Why don't you just read the synopsis? I'm getting to that. I'm getting to that. Carol Danvers, a.k.a. Captain Marvel, she usually kept that as the first movie, has reclaimed her identity from the tyrannical Kree and taken revenge on the supreme intelligence. But unintended consequences see Carol shouldering the burden of a destabilized universe. When her duties send her to an anomalous wormhole linked to a Kree revolutionary, her powers become entangled with that of Jersey City superfan Kamala Khan, a.k.a. Miss Marvel, and Carol's estranged niece, now saber astronaut, Captain Monica Rambeau, who fans of the comics would know that she was, in the comics, also a Captain Marvel and a Photon and a Spectrum. And she had a lot of names, but we know her as Monica. All right, well, thank, thank you for that little bit of comic book knowledge. Hey, you know, I, my uh, my buddy Johnny Junior. He uh, he drew the first the first ones. Jr. Jr. 
of uh of the Veronica Rambo show. That's you know. Okay, cool. All right, well thanks a lot, old man. And before we get into our review of it, we got an email in from Shaw C who says, Congratulations to the geeks. Hey Mr. Green. And there is a very special oh, okay. attachment for you to check out where it says, my son had a good report card. We told him he could have a present. He chose three pounds of bacon. That's when I knew for sure he was mine. And it's a kid holding a lot of bacon. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you for finding that on the internet, Shaw. Yeah. All righty. And Shaw, 100% correct. There you if, go. If you're, I'll say this right now. Anybody at home with kids going to school and they get a and they get like they get a great report card and they're not asking for three pounds of bacon i think you should disown them wow hot takes here on g card 700 <laughs> that's, yeah, hot takes Definitely. that's right hot take controversial comments made by mr green so, on g card that's right it's completely shocking that i am saying that you should choose uh your kids should choose bacon over anything else and otherwise get rid of them yeah no there you go. There you go. I'm so glad that everybody takes everything we say 100% serious on the show. Oh, yeah. That's, that's it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. So let's talk about the Marvels currently in theaters. Mr. Green, you got to check it out. What are your thoughts on the Marvels? Um, this film has a lot of baggage. Okay. And no, and you know what I'm talking about. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Going into this, this is this like the the hyperbole that was just everywhere, whether it's on Twitter. Yes, I refuse to call it X because that's just stupid. Um, whether it's Facebook, whether it's in the mass media like Variety and Deadspin, or, uh, sorry, uh, Deadline, any of those places and some of the other ones like Coming Soon and all that stuff, like ridiculous uh, uh, clickbait articles about how this film is going to decide the entirety of the future of the Marvel uh, MCU. Right, like, not just not just the MCU, but also life as we know it. Oh yeah, sorry. And, and, oh, and the entire Lucasfilm, Disney, uh, uh, um, you know, Univ uh, Fox, like every Hulu, like all streaming. Somehow, what's available at the grocery store? Yes, everything. What's gonna, what's gonna happen between you and your loved ones? Everything. Everything is riding on the success of this film. Fuck off. Like, just... Yeah, it's a lot to put on a way. movie just before it comes out. That's really, really, like, folks. I Like, I get that people don't... It's like, there is a, a section of the internet, specifically, that does not like Brie Larson. I get that, mm -hmm. right? That is their prerogative, I guess. Mm -hmm. Otherwise... Uh, and and there's and also the Venn diagram that's very small is pretty, pretty much a circle. The same group of people also think that uh, the MCU Phase Four has been a gigantic piece of shit waste of time. I can see some of those arguments. To be fair, to be fair, and we've talked about a lot of these films and TV series in Phase Four, and I don't it, to encapsulate it. I don't know about you, but I would, I would say that there is some arguments for the weakness of phase four compared to what has transpired, you know, throughout the entire infinity saga, the first 21 films. I think there is a, yeah. a, a, a stark difference. Oh right? yeah, yeah. Yeah. Definitely. However, having watched this film saying all of that nonsense, I had a lot of fun watching this thing. I'm sorry. It's just it's it's a ton. Oh, I'm not. No, sorry. You don't I'm not have to sorry. Apologize. No, for I'm not I'm enjoying not, I'm not, a I'm not, film. I'm not. I'm not going to apologize. I, I just it's, it's the Canadian in me, right? So, this film I had a ton of fun. Is this a great film? No. There is. A, there are some problems. Even, and I don't even mean just like whether or not it makes any sense because there is some uh, story logic points that I thought were a little weird. I don't know about you, but it was like, for me, there seemed, there seemed to be some moments that seemed rushed and other ones that went too long. Like there was this weird pacing thing going on. Mm. Um, but then there's also the uh, dichotomy between the serious moments and the comedic moments. It just seemed a bit structurally weird. But those things aside, I just had a lot of fun watching this. And it was like, um, that was that was great. 
You know, I enjoyed having a good time at a Marvel film and not just going, mm. oh, my God, is this almost over? Like, what's going on here? And I got to say, Amon Vellani as Kamala Khan, Ms. Marvel, is awesome. And she's yeah. like the best part of this movie. Hands no, down. I totally. I, I agree with you on that. Um, what I think it comes down to is if you like watching a character piece, you're going to mm. enjoy this film because it's really it's. The plot is there, and the plot is important yeah. to a certain extent, but this film is really about the three characters. Yes. Uh, it's about Carol Danvers, Kamala Khan, and Monica Rambeau. And the three of them are forced together by an unfortunate situation, but it doesn't feel forced. It doesn't feel like we're just putting these characters together. There's a very good tying of these t these characters together in the film. The characters learn from each other. Like... Looking at it from a screenwriting perspective, the character piece in this is very strong. The plot, not as much, and the plot kind of becomes secondary. And because of that, it does make the villain seem not as important as they should be in this. Yeah. And again, it's the, the great performance, great performance from, from, uh, Zowie Ashton, but as Dar Ben of the Cree. Mm -hmm. But there just wasn't enough of her. Yeah, that it was. It, it's that like it's so straight. And I get it. You got a three hander. You know, three big characters in uh, in this story that are, are going to take up a lot of air, right? Like they're mm -hmm. they're just that's what happens. And then, and that's not even including that you've got Nick Fury in this, and you've got the entire Khan family. Well, not the entire. Well, yeah, the entire Khan family. You know, uh, coming back again. Like there's a lot of characters that. Darben really feels like an afterthought. Yeah. And I think that's probably where my, where a lot of my problems stem from is yeah, that. Cause like the third act, it's not so much the villains important as almost what comes after the villain. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so when you do that and like, here's the thing, the character, the actual character on paper, when you find out, okay, this is who the character is. It's like, oh, that's actually pretty meaty because, you know, we always love a, a righteous villain, a villain that kind of has has a point, you know? And Darben has a point. Oh, Darben des definitely has a point. Darben is like, you listen to what, why Darben's angry and what Darben wants. And it's like, well, yeah, if I was you, I would definitely want the same thing. So, yeah, like, I totally get that. Um, but, yeah, there's just not enough of her. But there is, like you said, a lot of fun stuff in this movie like i really enjoyed the training montage yeah. i really enjoyed mm -hmm. uh the introduction of kamala khan into the film universe uh, and the way her family was used but then there's also some logic points that it's like the stuff to do with the flurkin mm. why would they not have kamala's family go through that and maybe have some technicians sticking around three technicians in their seats in the ship. You know what I mean? I'd rather send them there because they're not, they're not going to be useful in space travel, but you do it because of course it's like, Oh, but these characters are more important. Whereas those, those other characters are their background characters. So I get it. I understand why you make these moves. Some of the things are goofy in this, but I feel like the goofiness doesn't last too long. So it's like, we have a scene where they go to a planet where, something that probably some people are not going to like happens that where the, the way the people communicate there is presented. What I liked is that they introduced that they got the gag out. They did the little thing, but it was short. It's yeah. like, they knew that, Hey, here it is. Here's the idea. We're not going to make this a 20 minute thing. You're going to get it. We're going to move on. Same thing with the flurkin. It's like, okay, here's the thing. You're going to get it. We got a quick montage. Okay, we're moving on now, you know, sort of thing. So I feel like the times where I went in this movie going, huh, that's weird. Um, That's an odd choice. By the time I've finished thinking that, they've moved on to something where I'm like, okay, no, I get this. So I feel like this film takes a lot of risks, but they don't – I don't think they either – they don't affect it for the better or the worse, in my opinion. Those are just kind of like, and here, distraction. Okay, now back to the story. Yeah, and I and I think to like kind of to your point, right? You kind of hinted at it earlier. Is it is the film does suffer one MCU Phase Four problem that they have all suffered, which is uh, they really seem to be 
stuck in setting up the future still mm, yeah. right like this film has i like it's it's not quite over the line you know like getting there you know to the finish line of i'm still my own story there's it's like we need to set up uh you know in in an in universe like no shock here i'm you know an in universe thing that's going to take place mm-hmm. um that's in the main part of the film at the end and then the post the mid or the the post credits mid credits sequence is teasing to something that's coming down the line that we all knew was going to eventually happen yeah and that that's coming too and it's like okay cool we're getting to those setups but like as it's been brought up before in the in the first three phases you know of the infinity saga all of those extra scenes mid credit scenes everything like that were usually just quick little snippets and building up and then we got up to that but the films themselves were their films here to your point it just seems like i think some people are going to love it because it's got these two moments in it mm-hmm. these two important universe moments yeah but to your point like i think the like the three characters together like i said amon is amazing in this and i can't wait to see her in more things as ms marvel yeah and i thought i thought uh tayana paris Another strong performance is Monica Rambeau. Yeah. And I think where they took Carol Danvers in this, Brie Larson really got to do some more emoting. Because in the first movie, she's somebody without a memory. So she didn't get to do a lot of emotional work in that film. In this film, she gets to do more emotional work. You get to see how the time up in space has really affected her and her choices have affected her. Well, yeah. also let's face facts like Bree has also got the shit into the stick in the Marvel oh. characters oh, because yeah, yeah, yeah. Of, not only because of the what's happened in the world, but like in universe, she's only like, she's done a ton of like mid credit after credit minor parts here and there, n- n- like almost to the point where she doesn't even know what film she's in. You know, it's kind of like that uh, that infamous uh, moment where uh, Gwen Gwyneth Paltrow gets uh, interviewed and says, you know, like she's she never realized she's in Spider-Man. <laughs> like completely, you know what I mean? Like Brie could almost make that same argument because she yeah. had like she would film by herself in a, in a studio in a green screen scenario. And then they would just put her into a film almost. Yeah. yeah. And so she has no idea like no, what to how totally. to emote or whatever. So yeah. here to your point, you get to see a little bit of that. And it's like, oh, right. Because we've seen Brie in a lot of things where she's really fantastic. Yeah. Okay. So quickly now see it in theaters, wait till we're streaming, skip it all together. Just one of those. Um, I'm going to say uh, go to streaming. I, I really like it. It's a lot of fun, but I would say streaming. I'll say see it in theaters. I had a lot of fun. I like seeing it on the big screen. Uh, we got a couple emails in. Uh, John T writes, the movie was okay, maybe a five. 700 shows. You guys rock. That is incredible. Nice job. Well, thank you, John. And then from Brad S., he writes in, hey, geeks, is this a Giamatti film? If so, I will check it out. Happy 700th. Hey to the old man. The last week's movie. That was Giamatti. was was Giamatti, and that was the holdovers. It's playing in theaters. Definitely go check that out as well. Absolutely. We're going to take a commercial break. When we come back, you're going to get to hear my interview with Andy Armstrong and Danielle Bergio right here, Geek Card Reality Radio 101. We some bad girls getting money, bad girls on the rise, bad girls running businesses. Want to advertise on Geekard and be heard by thousands of listeners? It's easy. It's simple. It's fun. Email us at geekardshow at gmail.com for information on our advertising packages today. Welcome back to Geek Hard right here on Reality Radio 101. And now, right back to your hosts, Andrew Young and Mr. Green. Welcome back to the 700th episode of Geek Hard on Reality Radio 101. Uh, Andrew and Mr. Green here. Last week, I got the chance to talk with director Andy Armstrong and writer, producer, and actor, Danielle Bergio about their new film Squealer, which is now available on digital and on demand. It's a thriller. Uh, it's a kind of a throwback to exploitation. And you'll hear more about it right now in our interview. 
Armstrong and Daniel Bergio. Thank you for having us. Well, thanks for coming on. Um, first of all, before we get into it, I want to say that uh, after seeing this film, I'm never eating meat again. Uh, <laughs> I used to like sausage sandwiches. Not no more, though. Not no more. Was the secret <laughs> message of this film actually about trying to push people towards a plant-based diet? I am, I am a vegan, actually. So, <laughs> so it's a, there is, a, I think, a strong subtext of getting people away from slaughtering animals. But, yes, I think there is a gentle one there. Well, there you go. Well, I, mission accomplished. You really show the dark side of it all, definitely. For people who haven't heard about squealer of course is coming out november 3rd what is the film about i know that you guys have it loosely based on a true story correct that's correct it's inspired by a true story um so for the true crime fans out there i think you're going to find a good chunk of the story that you identify with however we um, wanted to be respectful to the families of the victims. This is a story that is not actually that old and also to pay homage to the horror genre. And so it's a, it's a bit of a blend. It's a bit of a half, half situation, hopefully just as terrifying. The true story is quite disturbing and terrifying. And I think we, we have some of those elements. So what's the film all about? It is about a pig farmer turned serial killer and um, a social worker and a local cop who uncover some events and then the social worker ends up sort of having to take matters into her own hands because a lot of the authorities have just been sort of dismissing some of these women that have gone missing because many of them are drug addicts, sex workers, that kind of thing. So it becomes a very passionate project for her, something that's very close to home for her. Yeah, definitely. Well, that's the thing. I find that the, the scariest horror films are the ones that are based in a very real problem and situation. And uh, that's very evident here. The other thing I found very evident about the film, Andy, you could probably speak to this, is that it has a very exploitation 70s cinema feel to it. Like a lot of like the, the old grindhousey type films. Was that yeah. something when you guys were putting this together that you were like, let's go for that? Absolutely. It's a look and a feel that we wanted. I think some modern horror thriller type movies have gone into a, another direction where they're very heavily based and reliant on visual effects and special effects and things, you know, taking things beyond reality. We wanted to keep something sort of gritty and grimy and still based in reality. You know, this could happen anywhere. It's, it takes place in a beautiful desert with, you know, fabulous sunsets. And But this, this sort of extreme violence is something that it happens all over the world. There's, these things happen. They, they don't sort of all happen on dark and rainy nights in you know some creepy castle for me it's much scarier that uh, it's something that's possible to all for all of us any day you could break down in this area and something could happen i think that those movies from the 70s and early 80s sort of captured that really well they were consciously lean and sort of almost scruffy and, uh, you know, we wanted to somehow capture that and not make it a modern sort of s super slick thing with over-the-top effects and things. We wanted to keep it all based in in real possible reality. Yeah, I think a lot of that, too, lends from Andy really loving to do things practically as much as possible and not relying on effects. And I think in all the work that he and I do together, we really, authenticity is important. We have a sort of old-fashioned way about us so hopefully that does come through yeah well no the definitely the the style the style is strong in this it's amazing what you guys were able to put together you guys you did it in 14 days mm. there was a shutdown at one point you had to cut 17 pages from your script just before you started shooting with that kind of chaos and this being like your first big project did you guys feel the crush of that or was that kind of like no i'll show you type thing was it kind of like almost motivating to get through to the end of it a little bit of both, really. I mean, we did obviously feel the crush. You know, at times you feel like, oh, my God, this is, this is insane. But we were surrounded by cast and crew that simply embraced everything. It's quite staggering, really, how, how everybody just 
completely embraced what we were doing. And it seemed, you know, now I look back at it and I think, how the hell did we do it? And it seems insane. But it there was no arguments, there was no nastiness ever, you know, it was always a very fabulous feeling on set. It just flew together. We already were going to do it in a very lean way. I shot with multiple cameras so that you wouldn't have to sort of recreate things. You know, we do coverage in the same sort of setup. And that proved very well because, you know, all the camera people that we brought on really embraced that and they they work well together. And Minimal locations. And we were prepared to shoot fast and furiously. And I think Andy and I both work very well under pressure. But yes, once you're on a film set, things just start happening and and you almost have no choice. Like there were definitely times where I, I wanted to like go to the corner and start crying. And I would come to Andy. I, there were a few times I came to Andy and I was like, I don't, I don't think we can do it. He was like, we can do it. We, I, I know exactly how we're going to do this. And he always knew exactly how we were going to do it. And I would be like, okay, thank God. <laughs> thank God. Cause I'm having a meltdown. And he'd be like, don't worry. Uh, and I think there was some energy that came through because of that, the intensity. And I think you get that on a lot of movies. Anybody that shot a movie knows in one way or the other, it's always intense. Um, and things are always happening that are out of your control. And you've got to be willing to just roll with it. And, and somehow we attracted uh, even crew people that were just perfect for it. You know, our original production designer dropped out with COVID, actually. And Meg Bell, who came on and was the production designer in the end, she came in with like a half a weekend's notice and stepped onto the set and immediately dismissed some of the locations that we picked in that because she found something better, you know, and it was just a, we, we were just very blessed with a lot of those sort of people that just the right people at the right time, you know, and they just embraced it. And I try to give people a lot of freedom and taste, and, you know, with costumes and sets and things. And so they, they all rose to the occasion and, and blew me away in terms of, what they brought to it it's just fantastic no totally like you guys got a lot of great people behind the scenes helping you out and then a great group of character actors here on this film you know you got west chatham theo rossi kate moaning graham green like that's right there i'm i'm canadian so i've known for years that that man that man is a national treasure to us so to have that kind of level of great actors to work off of and to direct and that that must have made it a bit easier as well. Oh, fabulous. All, all of them were just, you want them all to bring sort of five things to the table and everyone turned up with 15, you know, it's just fantastic. I mean, every, every single one of those people turned up and uh, I, I felt many times I could have gone home, really. They could have put the movie together themselves. They were just fantastic. It's just a superb bunch of people. Yeah, they, they brought an incredible level of not just talent to the screen, but support and love. Like the, it really was this sort of family vibe and everyone just got on so beautifully and, uh, and really supported each other through the process. And just, I'm so happy you mentioned Graham Greene because I have to say, like the day that he walked onto set, I was really like, I'm pinching myself. I'm pinching myself. <laughs> I was like over the moon to have him there. Here's a little funny insider tip that I, no, we haven't mentioned yet, but that role was actually written for a woman. Uh, we wanted it to be an African-American woman in her 40s. And then it turned out that Graham was available and we were like, okay, yeah, we're going to change it. And that was that was one of the last minute changes we made to the script. And we, Joanne became Joe and I can't imagine it any other way. No, I can't imagine. I'd forgotten that completely. You're absolutely right. Well, that's that's fantastic. It's coming out November 3rd. People can check it out. Digital, VOD, uh, in theaters. But uh, I'm looking forward to the next one you guys put together because it's like you. seeing you guys Thank only you. had 14 days. You had, of course, you live <laughs> for it with for a lot longer. But to just put all that together, that's <laughs> uh, it's pretty amazing what you guys did. Thank you. Thank you very much. <laughs> All right. You guys have a great day. You too. Thank you. So that was my interview with Andy Armstrong and Danielle Bergio. You can check out Squealer, available now on digital and on demand. We got an email in from Don S., who says, Hey, geeks, love the geek show tonight. Happy 700th. Love bacon. There we go. Absolutely. 
Absolutely. So, Mr. Green, we've come to the end of our 700th episode on Reality Radio 101. Where can the good folks find us? As always, if you like what we do here, you can find additional content over at patreon.com slash geekard. For everybody who participates in that right now, we thank you guys ever so much. You're a big help. And... Excuse me. Uh, additional content always available through YouTube, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and Pinterest. Yes, even Pinterest. Search Geekard Show on any of those platforms and you'll find us there. Of course, check out our website, geekardshow.com, for more news, reviews, and the podcast version of this very show, available on Mondays after 2 p.m. Of course, if you don't listen to us live and you're super forgetful like I am, what's the best thing they can do, Andrew? Subscribe to us on your podcasting platform of choice, be it the iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Tuned in Spotify, wherever you catch your pods, and while you're there, leave a five-star rating and review. And as always, you can continue uh, to talk to us by emailing geekheartshow at gmail.com. I want to thank Tasha Tellis, Andy Armstrong, and Danielle Bergio for coming on the program, and thank all you great listeners. Happy 700th episode to you all. Uh, for Mr. Green and for Yuri in the booth, this is Andrew Young saying, if you're going to geek out, you might as well geek hard. On Reality Radio 101. Thank you for listening to Geek Card's 700th radio show. Right here on Reality Radio 101.